Hello, my name's David and this is the Hypothetic RL, a podcast about the what-ifs of rugby league history. So this is bracket number 7, St George 1928 against Glebe 1915. So we'll get straight into St George 1928. Uh, the fullback for, for St George 1928 was Thomas Meehan. I don't have a lot of information about him, 1926-28, so this was his last season. Uh, on the wings is Frank Saunders and, and Stan Brain. Um, one of the great names of, of rugby league, Stan Brain. Um, let's talk about, uh, I mean, Frank Saunders, I don't have a lot about him either. He, he played from 1923 to 1929 and did some, some of those minor reps like the, the Probables and City Firsts and things like that. Um, Stan played five seasons for the Saints between 27 and 33, uh, and he was the captain in 1929, so obviously a, an influential player. Um, in the centres is Hilton Delaney and George Carstairs. Um, George is is synonymous with... Well, I might as well talk about it now. Um, there's, there's an event that happens in 1928, um, which is something called the Earl Park Riot. Um, so George's, uh, he made his, his debut in the foundation year for St. George in 1921. He played his whole career with him between 21 and 29. Um, he had the honor of scoring the very first try for St. George in their first competition match. Um, so, you know, one of the legends of St. George, you'd have to say. But uh, this Earl Park riot is, is an interesting one. Um, it's something that happened, like I said, in it happened in this season that they were talking about, the 1928 one for St. George, uh, where they played Balmain. And um, I just thought to go through it really quickly because there's some very interesting things that happened. So, um, and I'm sure there's other other people who have talked about this in much more detail and there's probably some other things, but I, I didn't know much about it. Basically, um, there was a crowd of about 6,000 fans, most of them St. George fans, um, and the referee, whose name was Mick Brannigan, as it says in the Wikipedia, lost control of the match in the second half. Um, there was some spiteful things that happened. I mean, this is 1928, so you can imagine what it was like. Uh, guys getting kicked and things like that. Um, one of the players, which, you know, basically we're talking about uh, George Carstairs, uh, was kicked in the face while he attempted to play the ball. Um, and then five minutes from time, was knocked unconscious after being kicked in the head by Balmain front row forward Tony Russell. Um, and then... Basically, Russell got cautioned rather than being sent off, and the crowd got pretty upset. And basically, um, the incident prompted the the Saints coach Frank Burge and the secretary to enter the playing field to talk to Brannigan, which was the referee which talked about. Um, and then, basically, the whole crowd just came in. Um, at one point, someone reported seeing someone um, with an axe swinging an axe around in the grandstand. So obviously. You know, it went, it went pretty uh, insane out there. Um, a lot of them were after Tony Russell, the Balmain forward. Um, and then, basically, there were, there were two very funny incidents. One, one when um, they put uh, George... Well, basically, they arrested a bunch of people, including the players. They put George Carstairs in the same uh, paddy van as uh, Tony Russell, and Tony tried to assault him again, apparently. Um, basically said to him... You started this, um, you know, stuff like that, and and denying uh, later on denied that he even kicked him in the face, um, saying things like I wouldn't have wasted the boot leather on him, um, you know. So obviously not great. The the other incident I found really funny was um, apparently there was one man who was arrested for brawling and handcuffed to a goalpost, and then the police forgot him for three hours, so he was stuck there to a goalpost for three hours. 
<laughs> I'm sure it wasn't good for him, but um, I just found it really in in incredibly funny um, that someone could be could be done, you know, could have that happen to him. So yeah, I mean, I don't. That's not the only thing about George Carstairs. He had a great career and everything like that. But I just wanted to mention the El Park riot because I thought, what an incredible thing. And, and it happens in a season that, that we can talk about. So I just thought I'd just say that. Um, okay, so I'll move on from that. Uh, so at 5'8", we've got Arnett Trainer, who, that's also a great name. I, I love the, uh, um, not to make fun of their names, I won't make fun of them or anything like that, but I just love the way that you couldn't have a guy called Arnett Trainer nowadays. Like, you just get a terribly, you know, teased for that. But, you know, in those days, you could have guys called things like that. It was fine. Um he played uh, eight seasons with St. George. Um, he missed the 1929 season, but did play in this one. Um, the halfback was Leonard Guest. Uh, he made the Possibles team, I think, in this season. He played between 26 and 29. Um, and then your props were Jim Warwick and Harry Hoey, or Harry Hoy. I'm not sure how you pronounce that one. Um, Jim Warwick was a prop forward. He uh, started a career at Newtown. Um, he did play... Uh, basically, when he moved his family to Brighton Les Sands, he had to move from Newtown and start playing for St George because of the residential rule. Um, and then he gave three years of solid service, retired at the end of 1929, um, and due to contractual payments issues issues that involved the club and George Carstairs. So George has popped up again, obviously a character, um, but basically um, Jim had to retire and there and there were some reasons involving, you know, contractual payments and things like that. Um, I don't have a lot about Harry Hoey or Harry Hoy. That's why I don't know how to pronounce his name, because I just have that he played between 27 and 1930. Um, Arthur Justice, another great nickname, Snowy. Everyone loves the good nicknames. Uh, he's described as an uncompromising player and relentless, relentless fighter. So, obviously, he would have been good in that uh, Earl Park ride. He probably took a few people out. Um, played five tests for Australia, 25 for New South Wales, and was the captain. Um, in the second row, we've got William Hardman. Sounds like he'd be able to bash a few guys as well. Played a lot of junior reps. Uh, and Frank Gray. So um, Frank Gray's an interesting one because he was a multi-discipline uh, sportsman. So he was uh, excelled at running, cycling, heavyweight boxing, and at rugby league. Um, one of the foundation members. And... Um, he played in a, a, a durable player as well. He played in a, a bunch of positions. He played in the forwards and the backs, which in those times was pretty interesting and pretty hard to do. Um, and then the lock was Harry Flower or Harold Flower. Uh, played a few minor reps, nothing much more than that. Uh, the coach, as I mentioned before, the coach was Frank Burge. Um, played for Glebe between 1911 and 1926. So interesting. And, um, and then he started... When he started coaching, he coached St. George to their very first finals, which would have been this one. Uh, and actually, it might have been 1927, but yeah, basically coached St. George in their first finals. He coached East to the finals in 32. He coached Canterbury to the finals in their second season in 36. Uh, and he got Newtown to their first finals in years as well. And he also coached North and West. So um, a lot of guys know Frank Burge, you know, one of the very early players and then one of the more well-known coaches of this kind of era. Uh, so that's uh, pretty much everything I can say about St. George in 1928. 
So it's time to have a look at Glebe 1915. So we did just mention Glebe. It will be interesting. We we'll, we know where that's going. It seems to happen a few times in this one. I'm I'm pitting people against themselves. Uh, so the fullback for for Glebe in 1915 is a guy called Max Derner or Dona. Um, don't know much about him. He only played two seasons, 15 and 16. Um, the wings are Tom Lego and Fred Saunders. Lego spelt with two G's, so I don't know if he's related to the Swedish Bricks. Um, but he joined from Newtown in 1913. Um, Fred Saunders also started in 1913 to 1915. So, once again, not a lot of information about them, but yeah, um, they both they were the two wingers. Uh, the centres are John Hickey and Mick Scannell. Um, I think on the form that, I, that you guys will see, it says Mark, it actually is Mick. Apologies to him that I got his name wrong in that, but um, I can't, it's too hard to change it now. Um, so he's going to have to be called Mark on that form. But uh, John Hickey played two tests for Australia, so obviously a, a competent centre. Um, the captain coach for uh, for Glebe 1915 was Alexander Bolowski. Bolowski, I believe it is. So he's captain coach. Um, he was enlisted to the Ar uh, to the AIF or the Air Force, I think, in 1916 as well. Um, but basically played between 1915 and 1919. Um, the halfback Phil Reagan, he has a great nickname, Wongo. Everyone loves a good nickname, but that's a good one. Um, don't know much about Wongo, unfortunately. Played between 1911 and 1922. No real rep honours or anything like that, but. Obviously, in this tide, and, and a good player for them. Um, the props are Jack Knight and Sydney Pert. I uh, don't have a lot of information on them, apart from Sydney Pert's one of the foundation members from 1909 to 1919. Um, the hooker was Claude O'Donnell, who was a dual international, so a Wallaby and a Kangaroo. Um, played between 1915 and 1917. Uh, the second rower was or second rowers were Alfred Gray and Edward Swinson. So. Um, Gray was described as a nimble, lightweight forward, played first-grade soccer before changing the code to rugby league to play for, play for Glebe. Um, he went on to represent Australia in the Ashes-winning series against England in 1920. Uh, Swinson I don't have a lot of information about. And the lock in this team is Frank Burge. So um, he's coaching one team and he's playing for the other one. Um, I love Frank Burge's nickname, which is Chunky. Um, obviously, <laughs> obviously a bigger fella. Um, and I've, like I said, you know, played for Glee between 1911 and 1926. Uh, the greatest try scoring forward of the code has ever produced is, is the quote that I've got. Um, there's probably a few others who put their hand up for that now, but um, yeah, uh, very good, very good player. And the funny thing is, like I said, captain coach was Alexander Bolowski, so Burge wasn't the actual uh, coach of this team, but obviously the coach of the, the other one. Um, so, look. That's the two teams. So we're talking about St. George 1928 against Glebe of 1915. So I'll put the uh, the Google form out on Twitter. Please vote for the team you think was the most dominant of their era, uh, or most dominant of all time, basically. Um, and yeah, we'll just see who, who wins that and who goes on to the next part of the bracket.